this is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, that notification button. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight, we got uh, from Steelers Nation South, Rollo Coffin, Penn State Collegiate Hockey All-Star, Kevin Adams. And we want to welcome our, our wrestling, Legacy Battle's own wrestling specialist, Phil Pusateri. He's filling in for, you know, Brian King tonight. So we're happy to have you here, Phil. Thank you for filling in. And Definitely. just... We, we got a great debate tonight. Is going to be the greatest of all time at the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. I'm wearing maroon, even though you can't tell because of the way my camera is kicking it out. But uh, we're joined by special guests, of course, and uh, he played at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And there he is eighth all time in goals with 80, and he averaged over a point per game for his career. He went on to the NHL with the Blackhawks and had a game there with the Flyers. He also represented Team USA in the World Championships. He is a four-time AHL All-Star. We got we got Mike Peluso here. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So after, as always, we'll have our Q&A. Uh, we're going to start the debate out tonight with uh, Kevin. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm repping Derek uh, Plant. He um, played eight seasons in the NHL. Actually won a Stanley Cup as well. Uh, drafted out of high school from uh, in 89 by the Buffalo Sabres. He did attend Minnesota Duluth, where he played from 1989 to 1993. And by his senior year, this man was an all-star, uh, leading the WCHA in goals, assists, and total scoring. He turned pro in 94. Uh, he actually probably would have represented the United States in 94 Olympics, but because he turned pro so quickly, uh, he unfortunately missed out on that. But this man was an offensive force for Duluth. Uh, his senior year, he racked up an NCAA leading 92 points, which is still the second highest single season total in team history uh, for a school record of 2.49 points per game average that season. That is pretty impressive. He captained Duluth in 92-93, uh, the WCHA regular season title, uh, and a berth in the NCAA regionals. He was named the Hobie Baker Memorial Award finalist, uh, first team All-American, the USA Hockey Mill Athlete of the Year, WCHA Player of the Year. Um, he was an all-WCHA first-team pick as a senior after re uh, receiving second-team honors in his junior year. He ended his collegiate career with 219 points, 96 goals, and 123 assists in 138 games, which puts him in a tie for second place on Duluth's all-time scoring charts. He averaged 1.58 points per game uh, in his collegiate career. During his final season, um, he led the Bulldogs in points for... Uh, a third season in a row, uh, landing him the most valuable player award for Minnesota Duluth for a third consecutive time. Uh, he's a WCHA all-academic team honoree as a senior and um, owner of team records for most career game-winning goals at 15, as well as most playoff assists, 13, and playoff points in one season. He had 19 points in the 92-93 season. Uh, he was chosen uh, Duluth's outstanding senior male athlete in 92-93, He's also a player of the year, 92-93, the WCHA. Um, he's served as an assistant coach at Duluth from uh, 2010 to 2015. Uh, then he would leave, and then he would come back in 2020. Uh, continuing his legacy, he is currently the head coach um, of Duluth. So this man, he's got, he's got the stats. He's continuing his legacy. He's still giving back to Duluth. Uh, this man is the top player outside of uh, – uh, Brett Hallford, Minnesota Duluth. And, and Mike, before I come to you, I should point out everyone I did mean to mention, we're not <laughs> counting Brett Hall tonight because if you count Brett Hall, 
it's not much of a debate and we're only going back 40 years so 1980 well actually that'd be 50 no yeah yeah 40 years okay so 1980s on so mike with Derek, awesome to hear that he came back as the coach i'm sure the school was very excited to get him he has the stats he has the hardware tell us about his game yeah he uh he, he was a great player I, I actually got a chance to play with him on team usa in the world championships over in st petersburg and you know, I spent a lot of time with Derek, you know, you know, over the summers, he'd go back to Duluth to skate. And, you know, he was a guy, obviously, you looked up to. And I, and I came in right behind him. So there, there were a lot of big shoes to fill there. You know, everybody saw a guy that, that was uh, second to only Paul Correa, you know, in the Hobie Baker uh, that year. And, you know, just an outstanding player, a very gifted skater. Uh, the guy could absolutely fly. And, he could do things at a high speed, and you know, there's it's it's no uh, no secret why he put up the numbers that he did, and uh, you know, and, and again for him to do what he did during that era with that many points is is pretty impressive. He went on had a very good NHL career, as Kevin mentioned. He's our only player tonight who won the Stanley Cup. Does uh, interest in your opinion? Does that kind of maybe bump him up a little bit because he's got the cup? <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be – that's a tough one. There's a couple still in the back of my mind, you know, that are right there. So we'll, we'll probably get to those guys here in a little bit. All right, let's move on to our second player. Go ahead, Rollo. I have Bill Watson from Powerview, Manitoba. He was a two-time All-American and the 1985 Hobie Baker Award winner, uh, which gave Minnesota Duluth back-to-back -back Hobie Baker Award winners um, because they won. Tom Curvers won it in 1984. But he made his name as a scorer. Um, he was the first and only Minnesota Duluth player to crack the 100-point barrier by garnering 109 points, um, which which still stands uh, uh, as one of the 12 best uh, marks of all time in in uh, college hockey. Um, he is fourth all time in Minnesota Duluth scoring, and he only played in 108 games. Uh, the all time leading scorer in Minnesota Duluth hockey has 100 played 100 and um, um, has 222 points, and uh, Bill Watson has 210 in 40 less games. He's that was a 1.94 uh, points per game average, which is still a Minnesota Duluth uh, record. Um, <clears throat> he um, is in the, the, the um, Minnesota Duluth Hockey Hall of Fame. He's one of five uh, players to have their jerseys retired. So he was the best scorer in, in, in not just Minnesota Duluth history, in hockey, college hockey history. So that's why he should be number two behind the great Red Hawk. So, Mike, I mean, it's hard to argue all-time leading scorer. He also has the, the the player of the year award with the, the Hobie Baker award. But what, what I do want to ask you, because he played in a different time, what more wide open hockey. Is, is, is that as impressive as it would be today if someone put up maybe 40 points less? Yeah, that you know, that's the that's the argument that I hear all the time. You know, I, I always hear guys say, wow. You know, the new players or the younger players that are playing today are so much better than the guys from before. But, you know, I, I'll argue that to the day I die. I mean, I still think Wayne Gretzky will be Wayne Gretzky in this era. It's just, you know, kids train and, and they have the technology. And, again, you put all that training and technology into, into you know, Wayne Gretzky's hands, he's still going to do what he did. So, uh, 
Billy Watson was a special player. I mean, I we we used to watch you know tape on him. You know, when I was there as a player, you know, like look what this guy did. You know, and it's incredible. You know, you 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 can look at some of the players he got to play with. He played with some awfully good ones during his his time there. So it's not surprising that he put up the numbers that he did. And, you know, certainly he was a Hobie Baker winner and uh, he, he's also still around coaching up there. So Duluth's got a strong history of, of guys, you know, and, and actually Duluth's got a, a, they're known as the Hobie Baker school. I mean, it's, I think there's five or six of them right now. And that's, that's incredible. And in fact, I think it's the most in college hockey. Six. So. Yep. They have six. Yeah. So, so it's not, so, you know, Billy Watson's right there, you know, and we, like you said, it's, you know, he's one of the best in college hockey history, not just Duluth history. So yeah, he's going to be right up there in the, uh, the all time grades at UMD. And you mentioned he has some really good teammates with him. Do you, have any idea why they weren't able to get over the hump back then and, and win the, the NCAA championships? Yeah, you know, Duluth, it took Duluth some time just to try to establish themselves. I mean, obviously, you know, they're always second fiddle to Minnesota Gophers, you know, and, and I think with the recruiting, it just took time for certain players to, you know, to start to show up at Duluth. And, and uh, you know, they were close. I mean, they obviously during the Brett Hall era, they lost to RPI, and that was a heartbreaker, and that stung that program for a long, long time. And, you know, it took a very long – I think when they won their first one and I was one of the guys watching that game, I mean, it was almost like all the weight came off all of our shoulders of all all players passed. And, uh, you know, certainly had some great teams. And, and uh, you know, my coach at Duluth at the time was Mike Sertich, who coached uh, Billy Watson. And, you know, just some of the stories he told me was, you know, it was just always an uphill battle. And they had earned every every inch that they you know got and you know now the program's where it's at because of everybody that sacrificed before you know before so it, it's it's cool to see how many guys like Billy Watson that came to Duluth and all of a sudden made a name for themselves. Let's move on to Phil. Okay. I have the pleasure of talking a little bit about Jack Conley. I mean Jack Conley born in 1989. Uh, he's still currently playing in the Swedish Hockey League, okay, top-tier league in Sweden for Lulia. Uh, I mean, four-year starter for, for Minnesota Duluth, 2011-2012 uh, Hobie Baker winner. You know, here we go again with the, with the Hobie Baker winners. Uh, in 166 games, he finished his Duluth career with 197 points. Uh, wasn't drafted uh so he opted to go over and play in sweden like his brother mike um you know has done really well over there i mean the fact that he's still playing now i mean you know that gives him you know 10 11 seasons already now in sweden and just you know to be able to go over there and, and perform well and, and be on that roster today i mean it's just you know he's the only american on that roster so, Mike, this goes exactly back to the question that I just asked you about Watson. Watson played in the wide open 80s. He's putting up tons of points. We got Jack here. His best season is 60 points, but that's in 2011-12. So, I mean, just the, the difference in the games is the difference in the points. But, you know, what are your thoughts overall on Jack? And, like, I like what you said, that any player that has talent could probably contend in whatever era they're playing in. Yeah, he. I got to watch him actually quite a bit. Cause I had a cousin playing on Duluth during his era, which his name was Marco Peluso, and 
you know, I used to watch uh, Connolly play, and I, I was just absolutely amazed at some of the stuff he could do. Uh, they had a very good power play w- with him on that thing, and you know, you watch you watch those; they could just make plays. And and again, the, the game was during, especially during my area era, and a little bit before and then after. It was it, <laughs> you had to earn every inch that you got in those games. I mean, it was a, it was a clutchy, grabby. Uh, a lot of lumber, a lot of, you know, you, you get done with the games. I remember I'd get done, my arms would just be completely beat to crap. But, uh, yeah, for him to do what he did during that that era, it was pretty darn impressive. And I'm always surprised when we hear that the best player in college hockey doesn't get drafted to the NHL. I mean, any idea about that one? Yeah, I yeah, I mean it's it's the old saying now. I mean the late the game's changed. I mean they're they're not afraid to take chances on smaller guys now. Uh, that was unheard of back in my era, his era. You know, I was fortunate; I was a bigger guy, so I you know I got a little leeway there. I wasn't the greatest skater, but you know my physicality was was such that I could you know muddle my way through it. And my my gift from God was I had very good hands and a very good shot, but. You know, a guy like him, I mean, he just, you know, to get to, to do what he did is is extremely impressive, but pretty common. I mean, I look at a guy from Minnesota, the Gophers, uh, that I played against, Mike Crawley. I mean, he comes through college hockey today. He's all world in the NHL. And I I would rate, I would bet anybody any amount of money that if you could move him to this day and age that he would be an NHL all-star and he never got a chance to play. So, you know, it's just, again, it's just weird how it's changed. I mean, they look, they didn't look at college hockey players the same as they do now. I mean, the NHL learned in a quick hurry. It's, it's a very good developmental league for their players. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, all-stars coming out of college hockey and they're stepping right in and being able to play. So it's pretty cool to see, actually. So before we move on to our final player tonight, our honorable mentions, guys that just missed the list, Tom Curvers, I believe he was mentioned a little bit ago, uh, Matt Christensen, and Norm McIver, very solid defenseman, went on to a, a, a very good NHL career as well. So our final player that's represented here by me tonight, he's our only player that doesn't play offense. <laughs> so we got Hunter Shepard, the goalie, um, played from 2016-17 season all the way to the 2019-20 season. 76 wins, 37 losses, a total record of 76-37-5. and five. Um, he has the school record for career goalies at 1.94 goals against average and a save percentage at 0.922. Um, he is the first Bulldog to put up back-to-back shutouts in a home series. He did that in the 2017-18 season. And then he set the shutouts record in a single season uh, that season as well, as long with, with the most consecutive shutouts in a row, which he did three of. Um, that year, he backstopped them to the national championship. Um, he was selected to the Frozen Four All-Tournament team and named MVP. And that 18 season was just special all around. because we, we look at his stats just from that season, school record 925 save percentage, 1.91 goals against average. Um, that's, that's incredible numbers right there. I mean, you think like it would, could be all downhill after that, but no, we go to the, the 19 season. He sets a record with 81 consecutive games played. He makes three different all-tournament teams. He's a finalist for the Mike Richter Award, and he wins his second NCAA championship. Uh, so just incredible. But that wasn't it. We go to his senior year. He sets the NCAA record for consecutive starts, 
and he wins the second goaltender of the year. Now, unfortunately, COVID ended that season, but I, I do believe they had a shot for a third straight title. We'll never know. Uh, you know, COVID ruined everything. But uh, he's now in the Capitals, uh, Washington Capitals possession, and uh, he led Hershey last year to the Calder Cup and was named MVP. So I believe he is literally like one step away from the NHL. I, I think we're going to see him this season. Um, he's going to get some playing time somewhere. You don't lead a team to a Calder Cup and not get your shot, especially he's still pretty young. So your your thoughts on Hunter? Uh, by far, he seems to be not just the best goalie in Minnesota to lose the last 40 years, but all time from what I've seen. So what are your thoughts on Hunter? I'm glad I'm glad you brought him into the mix because it's really a kind of a cool story and I, and I hate toot my own horn but uh, I was I was invited back to Duluth for uh, to be inducted into the, the Hall of Fame there and you know we had a great weekend uh, they, they had, I don't remember who exactly they're playing but Hunter Shepard uh, played his junior hockey in my hometown of Bismarck so I I had had a chance to watch Hunter play a lot and my dad was the assistant coach in Bismarck at that time so. Had a real close personal relationship with him. He's from uh, the hometown that my dad grew up in as well, Coleraine, Minnesota. He did play in Grand Rapids, but uh, that's all hearsay. But anyway, we were in the office having a few sodas after the game, and and uh, you know they figured they were losing a couple goalies that uh, you know to, to the NHL that year, and, and they were asking me, you know, you watch a lot of junior games back in Bismarck. I coached there as well, and I said, yeah, I, I, I go, I, I don't understand why you guys don't have a guy that's right up from the road from you guys. And they're like, well, who's that? I go, Hunter Shepard. And they, their exact comment was, well, you know, he's not very big. I said, well, yeah, but you know, if he was six foot five, you wouldn't even have a shot at him. I said, he's a guy that I would take, I would take a crack at him. And Brett Larson, a guy that I played with, he was my captain, my senior year's assistant coach. And uh, he goes, do you think he's, he's worth taking a shot at? I said, you come out and watch him. I said, I watch him every game. I said, the, the guy is unreal. I said, he's the single-handedly why that team wins day in and day out is, is because of him. So he come out. We had a couple couple uh, bumps before the game. We went and watched him play, and the whole time, Brett was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this guy's all world. I said, no, I know. I, again, he's not six foot, so that's why everybody's shying away from him. But I take a crack at him, and they did. And, you know, we joke about it all the time to this day. I mean, the rest is history. I mean, without Hunter Shepard, they don't have two national titles. There's no doubt about it. Excellent. Well, let's move into our vote. Kevin, you're in my upper corner. Can't pick your own, guys. Who are you taking? Well, I was going to go with uh, Watson, but Shepard's uh, Shepherd sounded pretty good there, Mike. I'll have to go with your goaltender. All right. Uh, Rollo. Well, you know the old saying, when we got a hot goalie, anything can happen. And so... <laughs> You can ride that hot goalie for two two straight Stanley, I mean Stanley Cups, uh, NCAA, NCAA chips, and then you almost could, are, are in contention for a third. You got to go with the goalie. <clears throat> Bill? I think it's going to be a unanimous decision here. I think I think Hunter Hunter has this locked up. And uh, I, I am uh, very impressed with all three of your players. I mean, Watson's got the points, but he did it in the 80s. You know, so it's just kind of like, ah, you know, a lot of people were scoring big time. Phil, your guy did it during a defensive era, in my opinion. And then Kevin, I mean, your plant, he was a great NHL player, too. He was really good. And now he's the coach. 
So there's there's really no wrong answer here. Um, I think I'll just I'll give it to Plant because they thought enough to bring him back to coach the team. So that means something to me. Mike, who are you taking? Yeah, you know, as much as I like all the other three, I got I got to go with Hunter just because of what he accomplished. And and again, I I feel like I had a little part in him ending up at Duluth. So I feel really good about that. And and uh, it's just it was really cool to watch him do what he did, and then to get to watch him play in the AHL Calder Cup as well. You know, a league that I played a lot of games in, and and to see him win there, uh, you know, he got called up a few times last year, but I would hope to see him at least get a game between the pipes in the NHL this season. I, and I think that's going to happen. So a win for Hunter Shepard tonight and a win for me. Normally that means I get first question, but I, I will pass pass that on. How uh, convenient you picked the guy that uh, our guest that was or brought into Minnesota Duluth, Mike. I see how you did that. You might have had I, some inside knowledge in this deal. Who knows? Inside I, trading. What's up with this? I picked last. I picked last. You all had a shot at it. So uh, we'll, we'll go Kevin, Phil, Rollo, and then me. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw you grew up basically in a hockey family. Um, I mean, your, I believe it was your dad, your uncle, multiple cousins. Um, what was it like, man, having that many relatives, you know, playing at decent schools too. I think uh, it was your dad that played at Denver, right? And yep. um, uh, your uncle also played at Denver. Yep. I mean, those are pretty big hockey schools. So just, what was it like being in a hockey family like that? And is that what motivated you to pursue it? Obviously, I'm assuming. Yeah, it did. I mean, after my dad, you know, graduated college, you know, at Denver University, he wasn't real sure what he was going to do. He was supposed to stay on as a grad assistant and get his master's, but the athletic director had passed away that summer. So, he ended up taking a rink managing job out in Bismarck, North Dakota, of all places. Definitely not a hockey hotbed. And, you know, when I was six months old, and, and my mom is originally from Roseau, which is another hockey, you know, town, so she understood the game. And, you know, she flat out said, she goes, there's no way in heck my kid's going to end up playing hockey coming out of here. But uh, I always I always felt like I had a lot to prove. Like, it was it was one of those things where these guys, you know, my cousin, uh, Mike Peluso, same name, won a Stanley Cup. Uh you know, Marco played at Duluth. I mean, Chris played at Bemidji. I mean, the, the list, I mean, pretty much if you see a, a last name Peluso, we're related. So uh, there's just not many of us playing hockey. But, yeah, you know, it, it was always – I was trying to prove myself. I was trying to make my mark in the family as a player. And, you know, it's – you know, whether or not I did that, I, I feel like I did. But, you know, just being the second player in my family to play in the NHL and, and uh, get that opportunity. So, yeah, it was it was interesting growing up. Phil. Mike, uh, I mean, you, you got you led the league in penalty minutes, 91-92, okay? I mean, you know, all of us being Pittsburgh fans, you know, we're wondering how much of that was against Yarger, how much was against Lemieux, but, I mean, you know, you obviously, you obviously, you know, got yourself into the sin bin quite a bit. Well, I did not. So here's where we got. This is where we get. This is where we get confused. That's actually my cousin Mike. Um, funny story on this, but that's okay. A funny story on this is my rookie season when I finally signed my first pro contract. I'll never forget it. My first game, I had people absolutely screaming at me to retire, and I'm like, I haven't even played a game yet. We got to get this thing sorted out. So. Yeah, it's don't feel bad. This is a common common theme. Our, my family wasn't real creative with names. We got a lot of mics and gyms and and that. Oh, it's all good. But yeah, no, he uh, no, nothing but, you know, wrong growing with Mike. up, 
<laughs> yeah, growing up, I mean, that, he was my idol. I mean, really, I mean, my cousin was somebody I, you know, I watched, and I always said, "Gosh, if I could just get a chance to play like him." So uh, it's funny how we ended up in a lot of the same organizations over the years, and that's another reason why we get confused. And I still <laughs> think VH1 owes me a lot of money because they thought I was the one that was dating Alanis Morissette, and that was my cousin as well. So <laughs> yeah, we got to get this. We got to get this straight. straight yeah. you know, it's all good. It's all good. So, Mike, you coach your your alma mater hockey team to uh, a state title, but you came but two two times before you were runner up. What was it like finally getting over that hump, and how reward rewarding was it to celebrate with your kids? You know, that's a that's awesome that you asked that. You know, I'll give you a quick little history. When I played high school hockey there, my dad was the coach. And again, we weren't a hockey program in Grand Forks and North Dakota is kind of where it's at for hockey. And in Western North Dakota was, you know, in its infancy stages of hockey out there. And uh, we, we had a very talented bunch of guys uh, that, that I grew up with. I think we all chased each other. We all made each other better. Uh, it turned out my high school team had five guys that ended up playing division one hockey, which in North Dakota at that time was completely unheard of, but, uh, I lost my junior year eight to seven in the state title game. So that, that stung. That was a, that was a battle. It was the first time a West team ever made the state tournaments or state championship game. And I was, I was playing in it. So yeah, you know, you, all this time passes. I, I took the job as, as the coach very reluctantly. I did it more as a favor. The coach had, had stepped down and it was like last second type deal where I had to come in and, you know, you're right. We, we made two runs my first two years to the, to the title game, and we lost those games, and I started thinking it was me. I'm like, geez, is it, it might be me. <laughs> That's the jinx here. But in 2014, I had a group of guys that really bought into the whole, you know, whole program. It, it felt very, very much like what we're seeing out in Colorado with uh, Deion Sanders. I mean, I just had guys, I, I could sell them anything, they would buy it. And these guys would go to the end of the earth to do whatever I told them, and they work harder than any group I ever had. And yes, when they won it, that was honestly, out of all the stuff that I got to do in my hockey career, it was definitely the highlight of my entire hockey life was winning the state title in 2014. So during your time in Chicago, you played for one of the most famous hockey families there are, the Sutters, Brian Sutter. So what was it like to play for one of the Sutters? I mean, these guys are kind of hockey royalty. I think it was there five or six of them that ended up in the NHL. It's insane. Yeah. It, it, you know what? It, it was good and it was bad. I, I had Brian Sutter when I was drafted by the Calgary Flames. He was the coach there. So I had three training camps prior to ever playing an NHL game under Brian Sutter. And he was known as the hardest training camp guy there was. And, and okay, I, I don't end up playing with Calgary. I move on and, go through a different, couple of different organizations that I signed with Chicago and, and Brian's there. And I'm like, Oh, I know what this training camp is going to be like, but it was probably a good thing. Cause I went in there. I, I I'll be a real honest with you. I just had a, a carefree. I did not care attitude. And I went into that training camp. I was just going to go play wherever the, wherever the chips fell, that was fine. And I did, I, I, I made the team out of training camp there. And I, and I know why, because I, I was very, much a Brian Sutter type player. I mean, I was hard nosed. Let's grind it out. I'll, I'll work my, my butt off. I'll block shots. I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to get, give, get a crack. And I, I think he saw that in Calgary as well. It's just, we were having troubles back then with the Canadian dollar and it, it was a mess. It just, 
it just wasn't going to work for an American guy to go play there at that time for what they were trying to offer me. So it, it was what it was, but he was, I loved him. I, I just love the, the hard, you know, work mentality. It was kind of like my childhood growing up with my, with my dad. And, uh, you know, we had some good, we had some good chats in the sauna. He used to, he's a cattle guy and Bismarck had a big livestock exchange and he's like, I come through there all the time. And I said, well, that's, yeah, I know exactly where you're at. And so it was pretty cool. We had a little bit in common that way. One more each guys, same order. Good, Kev. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read you had 99 points in 23 games in a high school season. Yeah. Um, that had to have gotten some big schools looking at you. Um, so just tell me about that season. Uh, we got the 99 points. 23, that's insane. That's that's what, three, four? That's like four points a game. Um, <laughs> so tell me about that season and what schools were, were going after you and how'd you end up at Duluth? Yeah, I got ripped off of points. I should have had 100. I'm just kidding. It, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a magical season, honestly. And everybody always asks me, how did you score 99 points in 23 games? And my honest God answer is I had a linemate that scored 98. It was just I had a guy that we could play so well together. And, and yeah, it did. It got the ball rolling. I, I had no intentions of leaving high school early like I ended up doing. It was my dad that basically told me, you're not playing for me anymore. You need to leave. And I'm like, no, I'm coming back home. I'm, I'm, I want to hunt. I want to fish. I want to, I want to play my senior year. He's like, no, you ain't playing for me. You can sit at the bench for all I care. He says, you need to leave. So that was kind of where it ended up, where I went to Omaha as a junior, uh, or after my junior year, and I played two seasons down there. But yeah, I did. I had a lot of schools at that point. You know, you know, yeah, you put 99 points. I don't care where you're playing or. You know, people are going to wonder how is that happening, and and uh, so yeah, I went and played down in Omaha for two years in the USHL, and could have left, you know, after my first year. I just I didn't think I was mature enough yet. I wasn't ready, and uh, I'm glad I stayed. I think it really you know helped my game in the long run. I think it was the reason why I was able to do what I did when I got to college. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I I almost left to go play for for Denver University after my first year, and because they were on me from the get go. North Dakota was too. I, you know, if I don't put them in the mix on that, I'd get in trouble. But I still get in trouble for not playing at North Dakota, especially being from Bismarck. But there, there's a backstory to that as well. You got it, Phil. Um, okay. Outside of Brett Hall, who who would you say probably had the the best NHL career that that's a Minnesota Duluth grad? Oh, you know, a, a very un, very unspoken person that you, you don't hear about that often. I and you guys will know the name because he, you guys are Pittsburgh guys. But Sean Podine played for the Philadelphia Flyers. Kind of a kind of a guy, a very unsung guy uh, going through Duluth. Really an awesome story. He begged his way on to Duluth. It, like the coaches turned him down like four different times. It's like, no, this kid, he can't skate. He, they finally uh, they let him basically walk on and they just told him you know you got a you got a lot of work to do to ever get a game and for him to do what he did and then move on and play in the nhl and play as long as he did that's that's a pretty tough one to deny right there kevin and i we know sean podine pretty well he's been on the show and oh awesome so, yeah he's yeah, a great yeah. guy too yeah, yeah. go ahead Rollo. mike you scored a goal in your first nhl game correct i did do you remember? Tell us, tell us a little bit about that goal and like who was on your shift. 
who was, who was the, the assist guy. Tell us a little bit about that that first NHL goal and what what it meant to you. Yeah, you know, I, I that was an interesting night. I, I had gotten called up the week before to play, and, and we were actually in Nashville when I when I played my first game. But I had gotten called up the week before, and we were in Nashville, and it was a game time decision. I didn't get to play, you know, whatever. Went back down to the minors. Literally down there two days, got called back up, uh, you know, warmed up this time. I'm in Nashville, you know, pretty excited. I don't know. I was still waiting to get yanked, but it, but all of a sudden, the, you know, warm-ups got over and I'm still there. And I'm like, holy crap, this is going to happen. So um, sitting on the bench, I'll never forget it. Ryan Vandenbush, who's, you know, a tough guy in the NHL. I'd played some minor league hockey with him. You know, he came up to me, he goes, dude, I, you're going to score. Like, I was watching in warm-ups, you're going to score. And I'm like, oh, I hope so. It'd be kind of cool. And I'm basically just sitting on the bench waiting for my my bump on the back. And finally, I got the nod to go, and I, I hopped the boards. And I'll never forget, I kind of swung down into the zone, and the, the puck squirted out to the top of the circle. And I, somewhat, some reason, I pulled it to my backhand, which I normally would never do. And I shot a backhand, went off the post, and went in. And I'm thinking, well, this this is going to be easy. I mean, you go out, I was out there for 10 <laughs> seconds, and the puck squirted out to me. And I, you know, throw a backhand up on that. And I scored my first goal against Mike Dunham. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget it. I mean, that was obviously a dream come true. I, I always said if I could don the NHL sweater just one time, hey, you know what, you can always say you made it. And I was fortunate enough to, to get to wear it a few more times than one. So I was happy. I, You know, I would have done whatever it would have taken to just stay there forever. You know, I would have picked up pucks, filled water bottles. I, I wouldn't have cared. But, you know, it's a business. And, and that, that was the tough part about it as you, as you move further into your career, you started to learn that more and more. And it, it started to take a little bit of the excitement out of the sport. And, uh, you know, I started my NHL career in a lockout year and I ended in a lockout year, which is unfortunate. So it's just part of the business. I, I wish I'd have been coming through college hockey today. Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't be, you know, guiding full-time right now. I'd probably own a, a hunting reserve somewhere and be out sitting in a deer stand every night. But that, you know, it is what it is. Life takes funny turns and the, I don't know if there's parallel universes or not, but there might be. And I'm just happy that I, I, I got to skew into that parallel for a little while. You got that in common with Mario Lemieux. First shot, first shift, first game goal. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Incredible. So we'll get you out of here this night. I, I'm going to have to make it a two-parter because I had two more things I wanted to know here. Um, I, I did want you to just tell us about Team USA, the World Championships out there in St. Petersburg, Russia. And then you are in not just the Minnesota Duluth Hall of Fame, but the North Dakota Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, did you expect to get into to either of those or both of those? And, and you know, how, how does that, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it, it, it mean, I mean, honestly, it means a lot. I, I was my very first one I was ever inducted into was the Bismarck High Hall of Fame. So you know, you, you kind of you, know, you get that you get the call there. And the the one that surprised me was the Duluth one. I you know I just didn't see that coming, but uh, that was awesome. And then you know shortly thereafter, yeah, you get the call from the North Dakota Sports Hall of Fame, and that that's a big one. I mean, that's there's guys like Roger Maris and Phil Jackson, and I mean. <laughs> Rick Helling and, and uh, you know, Darren Erstad. I mean, these these guys are names that are just incredible. But, yeah, to be thrown up up on that wall with those guys is pretty incredible. But, yeah, you know, it's like it's like anything. When you're a kid, you, you, you know, you just play your sport. And you, you, you dream to be at that level at some point in time, whether you wanted to play Major League Baseball or hockey. And, you know, you just you follow your passions, you follow your dreams. And, you know, certainly that that's all. It means a lot to me, obviously. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade what you know what took place in my career for anything. I, I do it all over again. I do it exactly the same. 
and Team USA. Boy, that was that was pretty awesome. That was uh, boy, I don't even I, I that those stories could go on literally forever. You know, we got I was with the Washington Capital System at that year. We got knocked out of the playoffs. I was called up. Um, I was actually supposed to play that next game. That was the, that was the night where Yarmir Yager actually uh, scored the clincher to send uh, the Capitals home that night. But uh, just kind of a weird scenario how that all went down. And I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't I didn't expect to get the phone call to go play for you know Team USA, and I did. And I and I flew over there. You know, again, you just you just get the you just get the nod. You jump a plane and you're flying across seas and. The worst thing that could ever happen happened to me. I got to St. Petersburg, Russia, and my hockey year was nowhere to be found. So we're practicing, or the team's practicing, and I, I've got, I, I'm not in the rotation. Like I'm out. I'm the, I'm sitting on the bench in my street clothes, watching these guys practice. And finally, my bag showed up about an hour before our first game, and you know I'm scrambling to get my stuff on. I, I get out there, and I'm not on a line. It, it was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. So I'm basically just riding the pine. And uh, that was the year where uh, Brian Gianta had won the Hobie Baker that year. So he was fresh out of college. You know, wasn't quite what he ended up being. I mean, the guy ended up being an unbelievable hockey player in the in the NHL. But he was still a little green. And I never forget it. I, I could overhear uh, Jason Blake out in the hallway, and and Dean Blaze, who coached North Dakota, and Jason Blake was one of our coaches. Lou Vero was our head coach, and Mark Johnson was our other assistant. And I could hear Blake out there just screaming to put me on his line. And I, I, I'm sitting there going, "Holy cow! Okay, whatever." And sooner or later, I was on his line, and the rest is history. Him and I played, and we had Derek Plant as well. We we played unbelievable. I I think I ended up second scoring on on that team. Uh, we beat Russia in Russia, which is probably the second biggest game in USA hockey history behind the 80 Olympics. And I and I am not lying to you. We had no chance. We were never supposed to win that game. We got we got escorted off the arena. We were getting pelted with everything that wasn't strapped down in that arena when they were trying to play the U.S. national anthem after the game because you play that at the winners get their national anthem played. And here we are against 20,000 screaming, you know, Russians, and they were not happy. And we beat them three, two, uh, Jason Blake had two, had a couple assists for, for the win. And that, that was probably besides winning in 2014 as a coach in high school, that was probably my second most uh, exciting tournament uh, thing to be a part of. It was absolutely incredible honor your country and, and play for, the red, white, and blue, and there's a lot of pride. People don't realize how big the world uh, championship hockey is. They they equivalent, you know, with all the all the viewership, uh, it's it's it triples like Super Bowls. It's insane because you know the whole world's paying attention to it. I mean, their hockey is so big overseas. I don't think people quite understand that until you go over there and you're like, wow, okay, this is almost like life over here. So it, it was it was pretty fun. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for joining us tonight. We appreciate your time. Absolutely. I thanks for having me on. It's always fun to kind of reminisce and, and talk about my previous life. <laughs> uh, I'll remind everybody, make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notification button. Thank everyone for watching. We'll see you all next time. Have a great night.